Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's draw at Capital Park, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I'm very well, thank you Matt. Um, as always, looking forward to discussing the Jags. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, you missed out on, on Saturday's game. I don't know if you've got a, a knock at the moment, but how are you doing? No, I hadn't even noticed that I wasn't playing until you said that, but Hopefully I'm doing not bad. And rounding off our panellists, we've gone for another full rotation of the panel. It's Gavin Dunbar. Gavin, how are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having us. No problem. It's good to have you here. Um, we'll start with a, a look as we always do with the, the starting 11. It was a, an unchanged team to the, the team that defeated our broth at Fur Hill. Ben Stanway and Dan O'Reilly got back onto the bench. Jamie, I'll start with you on this one. Were you surprised that Chris Jones didn't make any changes, especially considering the, the impact some of the, the subs had against our growth the previous week? What did you think when you saw that that team shoot? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I know usually after a 4-0 win, you'd probably be expecting the exact same team to go out again, and obviously that's what happened. But you go into more in a way, you know what kind of game that is. It's always scrappy, they're very direct. It's never great to watch. and I don't think the midfield three we lined up with was the right choice for that game having McEnroy a bit deeper and Alston who we've already said before doesn't always get stuck in the same way as maybe some other midfielders would so I know Stanley might not have been fit enough for the full 90 but it could have been the game to chuck the Beth on from the start I know obviously he came on but maybe could have suited him being in the lineup. I was surprised if O'Reilly as well to be honest it seems like a very very good piece of business that we've gotten him in in this window and I was kind of expecting a straight swap for Muirhead to be honest for O'Reilly I know Muirhead kept a clean sheet last week and I actually thought Muirhead played fine on the weekend against Morton. I don't think he did anything wrong. So it's not like he had a bad game, but I was expecting the round to come straight in. So yeah, it was a couple of surprises for me when that lineup came out. Yeah, as you say, Jamie, I thought the centre-backs were fine. I was surprised O'Reilly didn't come straight in, but I was chatting to, to Tom Hosey after the game and he made a good point about the, the cup tie next week and O'Reilly will be cup-tied for that. And if we start swapping centre-backs now, we'll have three weeks in a row where we're swapping centre-backs and it's not really an area of the pitch you want to have sort of uncertainty and inconsistency in. So I would expect O'Reilly to come in for the Airdrie game after the Dingwall Cup game. Reese, did anything else stand out to you in the, the team sheet? Any more surprises? Nah, just much the same, to be honest. Um, and, and typically, whenever we have this kind of question, I always pretty much a straightforward answer. I was like, ah, no complaints from me, happy with the team. But when I've seen the team, I... I just to put it one way, it wouldn't have been the team that I picked, and the the main change would have been I'd have taken Blair Alston out. I, I said to you guys straight away, well, I hope he goes and scores a screamer today, but it just doesn't seem like a game for Blair Alston. And I felt like that proved to be the case. I felt like we set up going into the game knowing that we'd have to make changes. You look at the guys in the bench, you could almost tell that Stanway McBeth was going to come on, um, regardless of whether we were winning at the time or if we needed a 
needed something to be shaken up. But and sometimes I feel like you go into games, you can tell where the subs are going to be important. To be honest, it's never quite a, a good thing when that is the case. But I'd have started Stanway in that game, and then to be fair, instead of Austin, I'd have probably started either Macbeth or Robinson as well. So Austin would have been my fourth choice in that position because I just don't think I, I quite like McEnroy. I'm quite a fan of McEnroy. I know some people kind of think he blows hot and cold, and to be fair, he does. He's kind of went off the boil a wee bit, um, but I just think that's. It's down to sort of personnel around him. I just don't think him and Alston really complement each other. And like you say, it was it was sort of fifty fifty whether or not dealing with uh, Fling O'Reilly from the start. But uh, it makes sense, obviously, considering um, he's cup tied and, and sort of the repercussions that would have came from that the, the change in the centre half. So, I yeah, I, th- I agree with both of the, the points you made about the midfield. I, I think McEnroy is definitely more effective when he's playing further forward. For as much as we maybe didn't agree with the starting eleven. I thought Chris Dolan did get the subs right on Saturday. I think that was a, a big feature of the game. Gavin, what did you make of the, the performance from, from Thistle on the game itself? Do you think we were worthy of a point on Saturday? Yeah, it is a, it's a kind of difficult game when you go go Morton. It's always a bit dirty and it's always a bit, you know, workmanlike. There's not that much flair. It's always, it seems to get it turns, you know, at one point and it just always seems to get a bit nasty. They seem fairly evenly matched for the for the the most part, and it was pretty grim to go a goal down, and it was freezing, and it was all about rubbish. But when they scored, it was just like they totally came. You could see the goal was coming, and it's a pity they couldn't get another. But I thought they did all right, really. Um, but considering they are so on form just now, and it was a way, I think getting away with a, a point there was a really decent result. Yeah, I agree. Who stood out for you, Gavin, in, in red and yellow? Who do you think were the, the key performers for Thistle? Um, it's it's always nice to see Banzo when he's on form. The, the difference it makes when he's proper charging about with a, with a kind of positive purpose is is, uh, is huge across that midfield. Um, and when he's when he's having an off day, you, you really notice it. Diet coming on and scoring was 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 tremendous. And um, I always I mean it's amazing to watch um, Wallace. You know, he's just like firing on all cylinders most of the time. I think he's always really impressive and Fitzpatrick's tremendous to watch. So there's lots of positive stuff. And I'm obviously looking forward to seeing what the new folks bring when they get a game properly. Jamie, what was your assessment of the game? How would you sum up the, the 90 minutes on Saturday? Yeah, I thought it was quite a scrappy game. Nearly every single time we go to Capo, it's kind of the same. They're always in and about you. They'd and a lot of fouls going in it's, it's never the best watch I feel like there's a lot of long ball and I quite often think we get kind of sucked into their style of play and we start resorting to long balls ourselves and it's never a great watch but given we were 1-0 down going in at half time and I'd say the first 10 minutes of the second half we didn't look great either I was I was happy for point at the end of the day it's not an easy place to go cap alone they're actually in good form right now so avoiding the defeat wasn't bad for me but it wasn't a great game on a whole. I think we had moments. I don't think the referee helped the game at all. I know he probably made a couple of errors for them, but there's some, I'm sure we're going to, but there were some big calls that didn't go our way. The Stanway penalty at the end, I wasn't sure at the time, but now watching it back, it was 100% a penalty. The first half as well, you can see that shot from Brian Graham was a broad foot. It looks like he just it hits, like clearly hits his arm. It's not given. The amount of times Fitzpatrick was dragged to the floor and the referee would give a foul the other way. I just thought he hit getting majority of 50-50s wrong. There was one when McEnroy slid in, completely got the ball and he gave a free kick the other way. Just none of it was making any sense to me, but 
Yeah, and Robbie Muir had stuff who didn't get booked after halfing Harry Milne and then kicking the ball away and then there's some other foul, but he avoided the booking, so it was incredibly inconsistent and very frustrating to watch. I hope we're not treated to another Craig Napier refereeing performance anytime soon. The, the, I thought the actual quality of the football wasn't wasn't brilliant, but in the end, I think the referee, he was, like, I'm, he was terrible. Like, like, let's not sort of be around the bush, he was terrible. But in the end, sort of added to the drama just by how how wrong he was getting things. I thought I was sort of, in the end, added to the entertainment. And I certainly wouldn't want that level of refereeing every week. But I think in a game like that, when you come away and you got decisions wrong for both teams in the game and you'd up a draw, I think it did sort of add a bit of sort of pantomime to, to proceedings. Rich, what was your assessment of Saturday? I just, I didn't think it was the... The best game of football, to be honest with you, and to be fair, first half, I just didn't think we got going at all, to be honest. Uh, only thing I know I can really remember us doing was um, Fitzpatrick just picked the ball up and went on that wee bit of a mazy run, got a shot off and it looked goal-bound if it wasn't for that uh, good save for Ryan Mullen. But apart from that, I, I was struggling for to think of what we'd done in the first half and it actually... I couldn't remember. I, I heard we had a penalty shot for handball and I, I actually couldn't remember it at the time until seeing it back. So I, it was quite an uneventful first half. I think Robbie, uh, Robbie Crawford was involved in just about everything up the other end. Could probably have had a hat-trick, to be honest. First half was really poor. Second half, obviously, we came in. Yeah, we made the changes that needed to be made. I was surprised. I feel like we're slaughtering Blair Austin again. Didn't have the worst game, but I just don't think... It does, doesn't do enough for me, to be honest, but I just couldn't believe he was... What was it, the fifth sub on day? I think. Um, I should have got subbed off eventually, but it was a bit late in the day. I thought he would have been the first sub. But like I said, we came into the game. The subs were effective, as you mentioned earlier on. All three of them played the part in the equaliser, Tommy, Robinson, and, and obviously Diak. But what a finish that was from Diak. And every time I see him, I'm getting more and more impressed by him. I think he's he's, al- he's already there physically. Um, he's got all the attributes that he needs. He's, he's very good on the ball technically. I mean, he's, he's only just effectively just turned 18. Like I was saying to you guys the other day, like if, if he goes a couple gets a couple more goals between now and the end of the season, there'll definitely be teams willing to throw money at him um, just because he's essentially ready-made at that age and a, a lot of guys have got plenty of potential but they just don't have the size or the physicality and you know they've got a lot of gym work ahead of them but if we can mould him around Brian Graham then you've got a guy who's ready-made and he's only going to get better so it's, all, it's always good to have youngsters across the pitch we all know that but when they're, when they're a striker it's just that wee bit more exciting. In terms of the, the end of the game of course that when I first seen it at the first, I thought it was a penalty. And you can kind of tell it probably is a penalty just by the way Stanway's body goes. But it's one of the ones... The referee just had a disaster the full game. Like my, The full weekend, my, my timeline on Twitter was just Craig Napier's name, Craig Napier's name. And I had a wee Google myself just to see what other people were saying. And it popped up. Do you remember uh, Joe Cardo and Ross Doherty? Was it got sent off or something? Um, for that fight against Kelty. And... And Craig Napier was prancing over to the red card. That was him, man. So it was just funny to to see that back. I just don't think the, the guy's a great ref. But a draw is probably a fair result. Morton edged in the first half. I'd say we probably edged in the second half and unlucky not to win. Um, but I, but <laughs> abysmal referee performance. A, a final word on the ref from me for now. I think I saw a comment and somebody said, I think Craig Napier went through a time last season. It was probably around that, that Doherty card incident, Reese. Where he had a lot of TV games and he was sending people off on an almost weekly basis on the television. And it was like somebody must have had a chat with him and said, like, you, you need to sort of rein this in a bit because he did seem 
sort of a bit afraid maybe to make the big decisions on on Saturday because there could have been easily probably a couple of red cards, maybe one for both teams, penalty decisions he wasn't really getting involved in. So maybe somebody has a word with him and told him to sort of rein it in a little bit. On the game, I know Morton get this sort of big, bad physical Morton tag, which which does seem to come from their fans quite a lot as well, more than anyone else. But I think there is an element to that. But I was also sort of the most impressed, I think, I've been with Morton for, for a good number of years, as, as physical as they were. Like, they were obviously playing it quite directly into their, their two strikers, Oakland Muirhead. But I think once they got the ball into them, and it wasn't a case of hoofing them, they were sort of seeking them out, playing long passes into their feet rather than just hoofing it over our defence. They did look quite dangerous. Guys like Crawford, he played really well. Even Ian Wilson in midfield, I've not been that impressed with him, but I thought he had a good game. So a little bit of credit to Morton, I think, because they did play well in the first half and probably should have went in more than a goal up. I think Jamie Snedden deserves credit. I thought that was a really, really good save. And it was just just before Morton scored, and it was unlucky for him that they, they did score so shortly after that. In terms of the response in the second half, I think... How many Thistle games have we been at where we go in at halftime, a goal down, and we think, right, next goal is so important, and then we concede it five, ten minutes into the second half and the game's done? I think that's like a sign of a, a mediocre to bad Thistle team, and I think this is a sign that we're, we're probably quite a good team that we, we stuck in there, hung in there, and ended up coming away with a point when we weren't really at our best. Gavin, what, what, did, what was your assessment of the substitutions on on Saturday because we've touched on that they were probably crucial to rescuing the points so how impressed were you with the, the guys that came off the bench yeah I thought they were really good I mean you can see the, the difference it makes when when they come on the energy just jumps which is I guess what you want from bringing on fresh legs but I thought they yeah they made a big difference the, the first half did feel like it was like constantly under under attack and Morton did look fairly you know not impressive but they were they were solid and we just weren't getting any any chances, and then you bring on these uh, subs, and suddenly the play did turn, and it was really positive. So, yeah, I think like, for me, watching them this this year, I, I kind of wish the subs would come on earlier because it always just seems to be, be a, a wee bit late, and um, I think sometimes we'll, that's going to bitten us a bit. But um, no, I thought it was really good this week. Any subs you think are, are pushing for a start next week, Gavin? We'll go on to preview the Ross County game a little bit later, but is there anyone you think that's that should be maybe knocking Chris Dolan's door looking for a start? I'd, I, I would, I just, I'd be really keen to see more of the the kind of the young folks just getting on a bit earlier and um, and maybe getting some more starts because I think that they're really um, there's some massive potential there, and especially when when you're in a position where you don't have any money to buy um, quite the way you'd like to. If you can actually just make the, the the best of you know your homegrown talent, it just makes so much sense. And I think that we kind of thought this season was going to be like if we it was like the weird academy team because we're going to lose everybody. Um, and I've been a bit surprised that some of them haven't just been pushed a bit more. Um, I mean it's nice to have older players and more experienced players um, to help bring them through and give them a bit more you know coaching and help bring them on. But um, I think it'd be nice to see them getting a bit more, more time on the pitch. Yeah, I agree. I, I think maybe when we look back on the season as a whole, it's maybe unfortunate when we've went out of the the Challenge Cup so early because that's probably the best opportunity to chuck some of these young guys in. 
in a way, I think not loaning them out has been quite beneficial because, Reese, you've mentioned, we've mentioned for weeks, Diak's learning off Brian Graham. Then you look at some of the midfielders who can learn off Stuart Bannigan. I think it's probably quite a positive environment and training for these for these youngsters. Does anybody have anything else they want to add about Saturday's game before we move on? It was totally freezing. Rubbish. That <laughs> <laughs> was horrible, wasn't it? Uh, before we look forward, we'll, we'll have a quick look back. Gavin, we sort of raved la- on last week's podcast about the Jags Foundation takeover of hospitality, but you were DJing that. How was yeah. that for you? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? That was amazing fun. I mean, um, it was really nice to be asked. I mean, it's a bit different to what I normally do when I'm DJing, but, you know, you, you kind of just... Because no one comes and asks for stuff, so you just have to kind of try and read the room and, and make sure you're not playing anything that people are going to dislike too much and, and also not go to, you know, like football tunes. So... Um, it was great fun. I thought the atmosphere was fantastic. Everyone seemed to be really enjoying. Obviously, one and four now helps massively. But even before the game, just you, you could see it meant so much to people who were in, and obviously um, the support that like the Jags Foundation has given the club is seems really positive. Um, and the, the things that they're doing behind the scenes are really helpful. And it does feel like they're trying to get as many people involved as possible and, and giving everyone the chance to do these things. Because to be fair, I'd never been to hospitality. Um, until um, last season when I won the chance to go through Jack Foundation. So I think it's really it's great that folk get to go and, and experience it. And certainly from my point of view, it was just tremendous fun. I mean, one of the, I think I tweeted about it at the time. So they had uh, Ray and um, Chick Charlie and Erskine come in and as guests. And I had to play heroes as they walked in the door. And it was one of the, it's just like really stupid, but it's one of the proudest things I've done was just to be sitting, you know, just playing a song, which just sums up how so many people feel about those guys who, who, are, who are, you know, genuine heroes to so many Thistle fans. Um, and like, I, mean, I think Charlie's probably my favourite ever Thistle player just because um, when, I, when, when I was a, a kid in, in sort of like school and going to uni, he was like the guy who was the proper character. So I was totally jealous because both my kids were sitting at the same table as him and I was stuck teaching. <laughs> but it meant I couldn't embarrass myself, which is fair enough. Um, I'll, I'll take that as a win. Well, the sort of tremendous atmosphere you were speaking about, I think that was really down to yourself and, and Welshie on who was hosting the day. And I, yeah. I saw Welshie say that you, you, it won't be the last time you, you work together. Is there anything that, that's in the, the pipeline? Um, no, we, we, were just chat, we were just chatting about it because... I'd said like um, at the start of the season, if they if they needed, you know, I, I, it's like sort of what can I offer this as a skill set? Like they don't want me to play bass for them, obviously, <laughs> but uh, I can DJ. So I was like, if you ever need anything, you know, for if it's an event or whatever, it's, it's helpful to have. Then give us a shout. Um, and I think they'd been thinking about it. But then when the, when the Jags Foundation had asked us if I could do that, then you know he he really enjoyed it. And obviously for him. It's quite a tricky job if you're hosting a whole day in hospitality. There's an awful lot to do, and and to have someone else taking half the pressure, I guess, just by being the person who's in charge of the the the, the music, it just lets him get on with um, hosting a bit better. So I think he really enjoyed it, and just queuing up, you know, obviously getting to play Seven Nation Army when Chris uh, Patrick came in, and um, glad all over when Brian Green came in was just really good fun, and obviously all the the folk who who sing and chant proper got into it which was which was really fun to to watch no it just it just seemed great so hopefully yeah we were having a chat about if it was feasible to do to do some more of this that kind of thing and i think you know hopefully we will 
Yeah, no, when Fitzpatrick and Graham come in, that was brilliant. I've, I think everyone sort of commented they've never seen hospitality like that. I think Fitzpatrick said that as well. No, that was brilliant. And definitely hope that's not the last we see of the two of you. In, well, it won't be the last we see of Welsh, but I hope it's not the last we see of you together in hospitality because it was a, a great day. Thank you. That was good. That was really good fun. And a good, it was just nice to see everyone enjoying it. And the atmosphere being so, so positive, it was good. Yeah, brilliant stuff. We'll have a look ahead to our trip up to Dingwall in the Scottish Cup this Saturday. We're recording this on Monday night and we know the weather forecast is absolutely bogging. So by the time you listen to this, the game might have well been canned. But we will speak about it anyways if it is going ahead. It, it might go ahead, weather permitting. Lisa, I'll come to you first. We've already mentioned Dan O'Reilly and Luke Macbeth will be cup-tied. Are there any other changes you'd like to see to the, the team? And what sort of game are you expecting up in Dingwall? Well, it's... We already spoke about the draw at the time it got made, but it's really not one that I don't think many Jags fans will be really looking forward to. It's just so fresh from last season, and we're not going to talk about that um, because we all know what happened. But uh, it's, um, it's going to be a difficult day. It's going to be a difficult day for the fans. It'll be a difficult day for the players that were here last season. Changes I'd like to see made, I'd, I'd take Alston out of the team and I'd bring Stan We in. I just think that going to county on any given occasion you know what they're like um, for many years it's always been kind of like land of the giants when you go up there um, so you're going to be in a bit of a battle I know I'm saying that taking out Alston who's pretty tall and bringing in Stanway but it's just he's, he's more up for a fight than Alston is and he'll, he'll give you a bit more physicality in that way so um, I'd bring in Alston, um, Stanway for Alston I know I mentioned to you guys the other day, if, if I'm going to be making changes in the near future, I'd maybe like to see Diak get a start alongside Graham, maybe just behind him in sort of the Tiffany role. I'm not sure if this is the game to, to be experimenting with that, um, but something to keep in mind in the next couple of weeks. But I'd probably just make the one change in midfield, to be honest with you. Um, but I think it'll be a, a difficult game. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how County have really done since the Adams has came in. It's sort of been a couple of good results here, a couple of bad results, and obviously as, as Derek Adams is, I've seen his obviously his, his interview that was all over the paper and all over the media when he was just criticising Scottish football after being back for a week, and that's just prime Derek Adams for you. You know what you're getting from that guy, and he's very unlikable. And I, I just I hope we. It's one of the ones I hope we get one over in them, but at the same time, see if we go up there and we turn them over, I'm still going to be a bit annoyed about <laughs> what could have been last season. Jamie, what about you? Any changes to the team you'd like to see? Who's pushing for a start? There's a, as we've mentioned, a, f- a few subs with impressive cameos on Saturday. Any of them getting into the team? I agree with Reese. I'd quite like to see Ben Stanway come back into the team. Obviously, I would have liked to have seen Macbeth and O'Reilly, but they're both cut tied. I think we could change striker in this game, maybe. Maybe Diak or maybe Adley. Both of them have scored recently, so I think they'd both be maybe hoping for a start. But Dylan is quite loyal to Graham, so I feel we could probably see Graham retain his place. But if I was going to make the change, I'd like Stanway to come in for Alston. Maybe I'd change the striker up top, but that'd probably be about it. What sort of game are you expecting, Gavin? Do you want to kick us off with a, a score prediction as well? Oft. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be fun for anyone, but um, they, they're, they're not in the best of form. And and our form is a bit a bit better than theirs. You know who knows. Um, I would I think having Dyak uh, playing would be nice. And Adelaide seems to be on fire when he comes on. And at least it was two weeks ago when he came on and had absolute um, two horror show um, like misses in front of goal and then made up for it. He's the best going twice. Um, that's kind of that would be nice to see some you know him, him coming on and getting getting a goal. Um, I, I think they could they could. They could take 
take a win, but um, I just think that there's, there's going to be an awful lot of uh, baggage with the players and fans going up, so um, it's going to be a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Score prediction? Oh, let's go 2-1, Jags. Excellent. I like the positivity. Uh, Reese, score prediction from you? Does this score go towards the league table or is the league table just for league fixtures? Yeah, yeah, this goes towards the league table. Um, to be honest with you, I'm going to say 2-1 County. The reason being, I just think it's, it's going to be a, a psychological battle. And Fissel, I've, I've never been good, really, when it comes to the sort of mental aspect of games. I just think it's got a bit too much, a bit too soon to be going back up there. I think County might edge this one 2 one unfortunately. Jamie, what about you? Um, I agree with what Reese was saying earlier about no matter what happens, it will annoy me because if we win, it will annoy me that we didn't do it when it mattered, and then if we lose, it will annoy me that we've been dragged up there for no reason, really. But oh, whatever, need some sort of positivity. Two one Fissel. Excellent. Um, just in terms of players, I think are pushing for a start. I think it's Scott Robinson's worth a a shout out. What's maybe getting in his way at the moment is the sort of abundance of options we've got in that number ten role. Blair Olsen's been playing and Kerr McEnroe's thrived this season I think he has struggled with fitness and he struggled to get in in front of them I think this might be a game for him though if if one of them dropped out or even I don't think Robinson playing on the right would be a bad thing if we wanted to give somebody like Lawless a rest because I know he's had a lot of minutes this season so I think out of the out of the subs that come on, for, for me, I think Robinson might be the closest, but I don't think there'll be many sort of widespread changes. I think one or two tops for this one. In terms of the score itself, we've all sort of mentioned, uh, it'll be absolutely awful if we lose. It'll just sort of bring back the memories of last season. And then oh, it'll be awful if we win as well because we didn't do it when it really mattered. What will be really, really awful is uh, I'm going to predict a 1-1 draw and it will go all the way to penalties, and the penalties will this time be taken in front of the Thistle fans, and we will still then lose on penalties. Uh, so that's that's my probably too detailed prediction. So I'm going for a 1-1 a in 90 minutes. Um, you might have seen on Twitter, David leaked a bit of the agenda, and I'll open this one to the floor. I'll not ask anyone this directly. Uh, keep it light as well. Have you ever returned to the scene of total despair in real life before, and how did you get on? Anyone got any stories for this one? Oh, magic. We'll move on then. I'm sure David could maybe interject with going back to the catty or something here uh, years after some traumatic event. Uh, in fact, no, he can engage in the catty, so he probably won't be calling that a traumatic event. Um, you can come in with a funny story there, David, anyway. Hello. Uh, you say my name and I am summoned here with his tale of woe. Um, we'll keep it light, but I used to work in a frankly demoralising job uh, that moved to Eurocentral and it was a horrendous place and it was far more horrendous after I went to Eurocentral where everyone to a man was just a worse human being after going. I hated it so much and uh, when I left, now every time I get the, the bus from Edinburgh, I get dropped off at Eurocentral and usually um, have to wait to get picked up by my wife and we'll just have a wee reminiscent walk around Eurocentral um, just generally f- flicking the V's and sticking the finger up and funnily enough it, it's funny that you bring this up now because my work 
um, because I, sadly DLD Towers doesn't pay my full-time wage. My work have now announced that we will be moving to Eurocentral in January 2025. So I have returned to a place of complete misery and will be going back there as a full-time job. And speaking of misery, my prediction for the game, we've talked about how bad it will be to go up there and get beat again. No, no, it won't. It won't be as bad as the last time, or indeed the time before that. Um, it would be bad if we went up there and won. And we will. We'll win. We'll win 3 0 very comfortably. Pipe and slippers routine. Ross County will be terrible. Derek Adams will be terrible. We'll run rings around them, and we'll all be raging because we didn't do it in June. And you know what? Embrace the darkness. Embrace the misery. It is very liberating when you just laugh at it. And I think everyone should do that. And I think that if you just laugh at it, Go always go for the funniest option and this is the funniest option 3-0 win, complete dominance never in doubt and we'll all hate it and if any benevolent DLD listeners want to pay me two grand a month to just edit podcasts full time so I don't need to go to Eurocentral please do get in touch, DM the, the podcast or me um, on Twitter um, I'm open to all job offers we, uh, we once played up in Dundee and, uh, as a camera scooter uh, and it was the worst gig we'd ever played. There was like seven people came, um, which is, you know, a slightly less than we would normally expect. It was back, back in 2001. It was like meant to be a launch in our first album. And there was literally seven seven people and a dog. And then a flubber seller came in halfway through the show and was trying to sell flubbers to us whilst we were playing. It was an absolute utter brass night and a train wreck of a show. Um, but we went back up and, and more than seven people came the next time, so it wasn't quite so bad, but it was probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever had to do on stage. Well, <laughs> saying, hope... saying no to roses whilst playing, a, whilst playing a song. Well, if your next trip up was good, I hope Thistle can have a, a good second trip up to Dingwall in recent times. That would be, that'd be a good way to, to rectify it. So, I mean, um, the one thing is, like last time they were on fire and they were probably feeling really pumped to go and just slay them. And this time they probably don't feel that way. So it might be that it's, you know, that kind of, that actually works in our favour because they're going up as underdogs rather than going up thinking they're going to cover them. And it might just help. Fingers crossed. Yep. Uh, well, <laughs> Kyle Turner getting loaned out is probably a good thing for us because I think it would have been inevitable that Kyle Turner would have scored. I don't think Simon Murray's getting many minutes at the moment, so hopefully he won't be there to, to haunt us. So hopefully we will get a positive result. But um, as you've heard, Reese predicting a loss, so I'm saying we'll lose on penalties right in front of us this time. Uh, no police involvement in that decision. And uh, I, 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 it's... It's one I think we could have done without at this stage of the season, but we'll go up and <laughs> enjoy it the best we can. We are still in the month of January. Do we think any more January business is required? We've already signed Ross Stewart on a deal to the end of the season in goals. We've mentioned Dan O'Reilly and Luke McBeth. will be cup-tied for Saturday, but Jamie, do you think we need anyone else? Anyone you've got your eye on the rest of this month? There's not any particular player I've got my eye on that I'd like us to get, but I think we could maybe use a winger on loan potentially we've still got some loan slots left because I feel we you know because of we- obviously Wes McDonald never really played and he's gone now as well so I might free up some wages but we don't really have a winger on the bench if the worst came to worst and Lawless and Fitzy got injured maybe have to play someone out of position you did mention Robinson and I do believe Robinson could do a job there but I think it would also be good to have someone off the bench maybe someone else a bit of pace to inject play on in games as well and I don't think it would be the worst thing to get maybe a winger in on loan but I don't think it's an absolute necessity, but if I could sign someone else, it's probably who it would be. Rhys, what about you? 
Yeah, much the same. I, I think a winger is, is a position we need to add to. Not necessarily a starting winger, because um, Fitzy and Lawless have been absolutely incredible this season, which makes it difficult to go out and get a winger, um, which is why I'm, I'm pretty surprised that we are in the market for Dom Thomas. And I know that's kind of the talks are still ongoing and stuff. And if we're going to go and get him, we're going to have to put in a bid. I, I just don't see a world where Queen's Park are going to let him come to us unless he, he forces himself out, which I can't really see the club captain doing. So you'd imagine it probably will be a, a youngster, probably from a premiership club or someone who's not getting much game time at their club um, which is which is fine if they're going to come and be back up we just need to hope they're better than Wes McDonald you hear all the talk about maybe Jack McMillan going somewhere but I, I don't think he'll go anywhere until the summer um, and you need to remember we've still got Kieran and Gwenya uh, but obviously it'll take a while for him to get back to any sort of match sharpness if he's even anywhere close to, to being back to any sort of fitness um, but we've still got options sort of across the pitch and I do think, obviously, we've we've got rid of a couple of the low knees in Williamson and, and McGinley, and I just think we'll be we'll be making those numbers up again later in the month, probably towards the end of the window. Gavin, you get any thoughts on this? Oh, I just I would like to see some contrast extensions for the for the youngsters and uh, and just be getting them played more. I I wouldn't necessarily buy anyone else just now. Keep the wins, that's what I say. Yeah, I think there's a there's a few older players as well that were. Jack McMillan probably been the main one that we'd, we'd love to see a, a contract extension for, but yeah, I think that's a good shout. I think actually I've been, I've been quite impressed with the way Chris Dolan sort of conducted himself in both transfer windows. I know not all signings have worked out, you know, like Wes McDonald didn't really work out. We didn't see much of McGinley, but I think it's quite impressive for a young manager who's dealing in the, the market for the first time that he does seem to be sort of sticking to his guns and sort of holding out for the players that he wants, and he's not really panicking and going all over the loan market, taking three and four from like Rangers and Celtic on loan, um, like we've maybe seen in the past. I think he's, he's sort of holding out and waiting for the guys that he wants, which I think is a is a good sign. And maybe there will be one or two more like that coming in this this window. Um, we will have a word on the, the women's team. It was another excellent win in the league on Sunday there. They defeated Aberdeen 2-0. Goals from Lindsay Taylor and another excellent goal from Rosie Slater from outside the box. Another one against Aberdeen. So they're, they're well on their way. They're having another great season to getting into the, the top six in the league for a second straight season. They also have a semi-final on Sunday at Peters Hill against the Burnham. I believe tickets are on sale just now. Uh, so get yourself along to that. It's a 10 past four kickoff, I believe, on Sunday at Peters Hill. So get, make sure you get yourself along to that. And later this week, probably Thursday, might be Friday, depends how we go, we will release that a special episode that was looking into what goes into putting on a, a part like this, a women's match day. So we heard from Brian Graham. We heard from the two goal scorers actually on, on Saturday and Slater and Taylor. So make sure you listen to that before Sunday's game. We will finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle. Uh, delighted that we have a majority of Doctor Who fans on the panel this week. Um, so we'll go back to the, the old, the classic Doctor Who theme, Partridge Thistle questions. And on the theme of referees, I will ask... Which Doctor Who would make the best referee? Now, Reese, I know you are the you're the odd one out here. You're not a big Doctor Who fan. You said off air, you know, one Doctor Who. So, so which one is it, <laughs> and why would they make the best referee? I'll ask you for an explanation. I was being dramatic. Uh, I know a couple, but um, it's it's got to be David Tennant. Um, I remember there was a time when I, I did watch Doctor Who, um, and I think that was when David Tennant was in his pomp and. And he's kind of he's kind of the guy you always think of. It's when people say like your favourite um, James Bond is just the guy that you grew up with being James Bond. 
Um, and I think that's kind of, from from me anyway, from what I remember of Doctor Who, that's the reasoning behind him being my favourite Doctor Who. And I think he'd be the best for this. He just kind of got that look about him where I think that he'd be well suited to that role. It's kind of, I don't know. But if you know Doctor Who, and I, I feel that you you could maybe understand where I'm coming from. I just think he'd be well suited to it. But uh, David Tennant's my answer. He's Scottish. Jamie, I know you're a big David Tennant fan. Do you agree that, can you see him in a, in a referee's outfit blowing the whistle on a Because he's David Tennant. I think he, he's a nice he's a nice guy though, so maybe a bit of a pushover of a ref, but he does kind of have the ref look and I do like the Scottish theme as well. I was kind of stuck between two people. I was like, Christopher Eccleston, I feel would be a no-nonsense referee. I don't think players are arguing with him much and Colin Baker as well. I can imagine him being a bit of a a no-nonsense referee too so and you know what I'm going to pick Colin Baker's got the whistle and Chris Rexon's the fourth official he can have to be the one to deal with the managers he's not taking any any nonsense from them oh I love the Colin Baker answer Jamie uh, David said in the chat he would go Peter Capaldi he thought the obvious answer was Peter Capaldi but I think Colin Baker there was that the trial of the time word uh, well he was on trial but his, <laughs> his keen sense of justice shone through in that one uh, and and he's got a bit of an abrasive streak too. So I'll I'll back you up there, Jamie, with Colin Baker. Do you reckon uh, he could do backwards running though, or would he be struggle? <laughs> struggle I to run backwards. I mean, are we talking Colin Baker now or Colin Baker when he was Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> when, <laughs> when, he was, when he was Doctor Who. Oh, when he's do- I think he could do it. I think he could do it. I don't. Uh, know. I think what, Capaldi surely like no one is going to mess with those eyebrows if he comes and tells you that you've uh, you need to behave yourself. Yeah, that is true. Is, is that your answer, Gavin? I think so. Yeah. I mean that that. I mean, if you want an off the wall referee, then go for Tom Baker because that's just like you're not going to know what he's going to do, but it's going to be a really good laugh, you know. <laughs> yeah, we say it all the time on this part. If you can't be good, be funny, and I think that's why I, I sort of not enjoyed, but got something out of Craig Napier's performance on on Saturday because it was so comically bad. But if you can't be good, be funny, uh, and that's probably a good place to leave it. So. Um, if you're travelling up to Dingwall on Saturday, if the game is still on, please stay safe. Make sure you listen to the, the special episode about the, the women's team featuring Lindsay Taylor, Rosie Slater, Brian Graham and a whole band of, of volunteers. And in the meantime, stay safe.